Who's ready to fly this weekend? I'm ready to fly alone. <laughs> you ready <laughs> to go solo this weekend? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to play with your stick slow, solo? Yep. Yeah, nice and slow-like. Yeah. With a little bit of two bait going on in the background. Sure, why not? Slide a few, few more inches away from your computer. Some tri-flow. <laughs> <laughs> RC Heli Nation version 2.0. I am Dan, and this is episode number 74. Shh. Shh. Oh, oh there's Nick. Nick's here. Hi. Hi. Hi, Nick. <laughs> Hi. Justin's here, I think. Yeah, I'm here. Justin's contemplating some kind of <laughs> physics joke. He wants to tell me a physics joke, and he wants me to actually understand it. Well, I'm still waiting for you to tell me the one that you heard on the TV. On Big Bang Theory, by the way. I think of that. I think it, I watched that show. I think of Justin. I swear, love that show. Swear to God. Yeah, it's a good show. And then, of course, you just heard Jesse. Yep, I decided to show up this week. Did you uh, crash that compass in, since we talked? Like, what, was it two days ago? <laughs> when we recorded the last show? <laughs> no, I, I haven't. No. Nope. That just sucks, dude. Well, you know, I, I haven't really had a chance to fly it, so unless it fell off the workbench or something. <sighs> I could see about that. I could do something about that. <laughs> so here it is, guys, and it's early. This is, uh, it, it feels weird. I don't know what you guys, but it, it's feeling a little strange because the, the plans just got all crazy this week. As we mentioned last week, some of us were going to go to Spokane to go fly at the Barons Club to kind of check out that club that we were going to go have our fun play at in June. Mm-hmm. And so here it is, a few days early than when we normally record, uh, Wednesday night, in fact. So it, it's, 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 we're, it kind of feels out of sync. <laughs> it doesn't, it be, does. It's screwing with my head. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. It, it's like Groundhog's it's, Day. Yeah, it's like that... Uh, what is that? That circadian rhythm? Is that what they call that? Yeah, close enough. Yeah, you know, it's like a night and day clock. It's all messed up. But here we are. And um, first of all, wasn't it? It was so cool to have Rob on last week. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, dude. it was great. And uh, I got I got a ton of emails, you know, just happy to hear from Rob. And uh, I, I don't know. I have, strange enough, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if he's, Nervous or shy? I, I, I he's not responded to any of my texts since the last show. So hopefully, huh. <laughs> I don't even know if he's listened to it yet. I'm sure he has, but he uh, he's a busy boy. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Let's start with Nick. <laughs> what are you Nick, been doing in the last day? And a half? In the last yeah, forty eight hours <laughs> last week. <laughs> um, I would say it's kind of been a building and tinkering week. Yeah, yeah. Got some some secret squirrel projects, which are my favorite. Secret kind. secret yeah. squirrel projects. Yeah, secret squirrel uh, stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's you cool. Know. 
Well, we, well, we don't know, but we know what well, we know, know what you, you mean, but we don't know what exactly you're talking about. Yeah. 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 That's okay. Yeah. That's how it should be. Exactly. So <laughs> the name. No, I'm just trying to get everything all. Uh, I got the Whiplash Maidened, which went fantastic, which was nice. It's good to be flying that. Yeah. Again. Yeah, it is. It is. It's really good. So I'm just working on some a little bit of customization. About that, ah, like, got the Dremel. You got the Dremel like, out. Yep. The watercolor set. <laughs> uh, yep, and my paints, your paints, and your bedazzler. And, yep, my my <laughs> bedazzler. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and uh, we're just going to town. So no, I I think I've got everything uh, minus a set of blades. My lazy ass hasn't still still hasn't gotten yeah. around to getting another. Maybe set explain of that situation a little bit, so you know we're all very clear. How many helis well, do you just, have? I I have three 90 size And helis. how many sets of 90 size blades do you have? I have two. Okay, there we go. Huh. It's not too bad. Think that, that's the same as what I've got. I've got two right now well, and see, I've got one set of blades. Yeah, semi all three of mine fly. Yeah, that's but yeah, not, I, not much of a surprise. So. I've got two 90 size helis and six sets of 90 size blades. Hey, there we go. Something's not right here. <laughs> the math doesn't add up. So what? What? Yep. What, what? What's the deal with the blades, man? You just can't decide what you want to get, or they're not coming in, or? Well, I was gonna. Yeah, I am kind of having a hard time. And then we, it, I originally thought that there was a set of spin blades on the right. way, and then it was. It just kind of turned into a big, huge fiasco. But then, in the end, it turned out to be a custom uh-huh, problem. Uh-huh. They've been sitting. No, I did. Nope. I, I saw the custom right. sheet from D, from DHL, and I guess they've been sitting there for like. Dude, so that's what I it's mean, been. I told you they probably got stuck in customs. Yeah. Okay. What the heck does customs want with a set of freaking hostage? Like, you dude, might. I mean, you might. Uh, you might have some crack hidden up in that shit. Dude, I'm telling you what. This has happened to me before, and that's why I was saying, uh huh. It doesn't. You know, I actually think that. A while, and I we mentioned it on the show. I think last week, or maybe we didn't mention it, but we were talking about it. We were supposed to get some spin blades a long time ago. But a side note from that: a few years ago, I had some stuff from the UK. Uh, a, a, a store over there was sending us to do some reviews and stuff on a whole bunch of stuff, mind you: a six HV, a, a heli buggy, heli buggy. <laughs> A, heli, a 600 helibug conversion. And so uh-huh. this is a ton of stuff. And it was like a hostage negotiation with the customs guy in Los Angeles. I mean, it was like every week we would come back, day six, you know, hostage negotiations. Oh, it, dude. It, it took a while to to verify what I don't know. Make Uncle Sam's got to make sure he's getting his, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess. So I don't know. I might get them oh. like one day. Dude, guess what else they did? So look. So what was in the... There, there was a 6HV. There was a the Helibug conversion. There was a, 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 a gasser motor. Uh, various... A bunch of parts. Uh, oh, a fuselage. A scale fuselage. Wow, dude. This was a serious shipment. Yeah, this was one big, beautifully packed box that... This this friend of mine from the UK sent us uh, that owned a shop that's no longer in existence over there. Now, 
So, you know, he takes, he, he tells me it's all packed up and how meticulously packed it was. So I finally realized it's going to show up. And so I was at the post office for whatever reason. And my UPS guy saw me um, and he stopped and he said, so I've got a package for you. Um, I said, great. He said, it's kind of big and it looks like it might not be in very good shape. And I said, oh, no. okay. So dude, they un they undid everything out of this beautifully packed box. Okay, and here's what they did. They essentially like double arm gathered everything up into one big had one dude like hold it with his arms around it, and then the other guy mm-hmm. wrapped tape around everything, and then one layer of bubble wrap, and then wrapped more tape around it. Oh, seriously? And sent it on its sent it on its way from California. <laughs> Wow. Did they throw it back in the box? No. No, they no. just sent it like that, a Dude, big ball it, of tape. It was, when I got it, it was it was a big ball of bubble wrapped. It was bubble wrap and packing tape. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. But I'll tell you what I did get out of the deal. And if you if there was a way, and some of you, I know Dieter has access to some of the older shows, um, you will see that I did. I did actually score a customs knife box cutter. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> they forgot. Man. They forgot it in the package. Oh. You wow. still got that thing? Oh yeah, dude. In fact, I was today. I I was like, oh yeah. There's the knife. There's the box cutter I got from customs. As I was looking for what I needed to bring on our trip that we're doing this week. So anyway, a little bit of a tangent. Anything else going on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Good transition. Good. That's my custom story. No, and that's what's going to happen. I to think you with that's blades. By the way, it, it probably will. So I'm just going to have to buck up here. No, quick. dude, they're going to um, show up I, on your doorstep on Saturday, the day after you drive to uh, to Barron's RC this weekend. Probably that that would be very very feasible. Ooh, I do have something else showing up tomorrow oh, yeah? though that I'm I'm hopefully gonna get and be able to. I'll probably have to just throw it in at Dieter's house. I got a new motor for the Whiplash. Oh, did you get one of those Align eight hundreds? <laughs> the MX eight <800? laughs> hundred. The MX. You know, I I really considered the MX eight hundred. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. But yeah, I, I don't believe that it for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Not at all. Dude, I bought a freaking Scorpion. Of Did course. you really? Yes, absolutely. An and you're not going to like send it in for a rebate? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that wasn't your yeah, motive? That would be 40% off, man. I couldn't even say that with a straight face. I swear to God. Yeah, that's craziness. Anyway, awesome. So you're going to put that in at Dieter's? I think so. I just have to decide if it's going to go... In the Goblin or in the Whiplash. It, Dude. It, it'd be a quick bolt-in in the Goblin, but I kind of want it in the Whiplash. So I'm going to be at Dieter's tomorrow night. Wait wait till he sees the list of shit I have for him to do to my helicopters. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Put him to work. Maybe it'll... Well, you've, you know, you've mentioned that it's been kind of a struggle to get motivated to work on him. Yeah. 
And so that's that's good motivation. For Dieter to work on him? Yeah, sure. Dan, <laughs> yeah, for Dieter. You have to promise me that at least one of the tasks you give him involves removing massive amounts of shoe goo from a receiver. Oh, please. <laughs> Seriously, man. I, you know what? I'm going to have like, him You know what, Dieter? I need to change out these receivers for these other receivers. So if you could just get started on that. <laughs> and then videotape him secretly like a little off to the side so he doesn't yep. know what's happening actually um that is one of the things that i need to do oh <laughs> man yeah, nick I, you better hope that he's got it done before you show up oh dude i won't be rolling until way late i well way we'll still be working late. on that that that'll be i'll dude i'll sit out in the truck in the parking lot. <laughs> call yeah, so like, you guys got that yeah. uh receiver i want to switch out a seven channel uh receiver with three channel receiver so that means um, I'm going to have to do a little surgical cutting on one to get some shoe goo out of the way. Oh, man. <laughs> Worst trade ever. <laughs> it was fun to watch, though, I got to admit. It was. It was, like, it, was like, it was like watching a monkey try to knit, you know? It's like getting the hang of it, but just... A monkey that talks like a sailor. <laughs> just eventually <laughs> just got the best of them. Started swearing like a crazy man. So how about you, Jesse? What have you been doing this uh, last few days? Working? Um, school? Not much flying. Yeah, the weather's been pretty bad here. So, Other than that, I did decide to finally um, drink the Real Flight Kool-Aid. No shit. Oh. So I have a Whoa. copy of Real Flight on the way. Mr. Phoenix himself. Dude, that, we got to know. We got to know. Dude, that is the best news I've heard. So I am I'm actually really excited to give it a try, so. Because hope, I'm hoping it'll show up before this weekend I can bring Phoenix and Real Flight and I now have can my all own, have a little I now have my own personal coach. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah, dog. You don't know it yet. It's gonna. You're gonna be like, I should have never got this. I should have never got this goddamn real flight. <laughs> oh, look, it's a text from Dan again. Great. I'm busy <laughs> forever. No, that's cool. Now we need just. Now we need to get uh, these other two schmoes over a real flight. Yeah. Well, maybe if if it's good, I'm sure I can have a little bit of influence. Dude, I swear to God, everybody. You well, you talked to Seth Killian. Yeah, uh, it just it. I mean, don't get me guys. I'm not a Phoenix hater. I'm not. I, sw- I swear to God, and it's a fine simulator. But real flight, especially six point five, is so good. It's such a nice simulator, and you know, I. A lot of people are basing their real flight experience from back when it was not so good. Like it had, I guess. I had a I had four point five and I, I didn't really care for that. And apparently like four point five to six or five point five or whatever was like the dark ages for helicopters in real flight. Yeah, see <laughs> that that was the last one that I flew, Dan, was I think it was it was either four point five or five point five and I didn't like it at all compared to Phoenix. So I, yeah. I'm open to it. I mean Sweet. if Jesse yeah. comes no. back and says, Yep, this is the ticket, I'll well, pick it. Pick it up. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I am fully confident that Jesse's mm-hmm. going to like it. 
Other, I just, I'm, I'm the, just the only thing. The only thing that I'm not sure about is I do like flying with my own transmitter. You can, so, which which I know I can, but I it's kind of a pain in the ass. But yeah, you can. Exactly. You got to so. buy a specific adapter, right? Well, you just have yeah. to have a trainer cord. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then you just plug your trainer cord into the tra- into the uh, all the I'm looking at it right here, but I can't see it. Is it on the on the interlink controller? Is it just a uh, a standard, just like a headphone jack? No, it's like a, a Spectrum it's, or it's a, it's a Futaba trainer port. Oh, okay. Right. Let me let me double check that while we're talking about it. It's right here. Just just because I already have the adapter for Phoenix, um, but if I need a full Futaba to Futaba trainer cord, then yeah, I won't be able to get that set up yet. But I think you it do. is. I'm looking at it right here. It's a yeah, and I happen to have one of those trainer cords. Yeah. So we're gonna be doing some buddy boxing this weekend too. By the way, for show. So that's cool. You get you got real flight. What else is going on, man? Um, other than that, I think that's about it. That leaves us with Justin. So. Justin hasn't been doing anything exciting this week. Yeah, actually, I have. But like Nick, um, it's mostly what did he call it? Secret squirrel projects. So squirrel yeah, stuff. I I can't talk about it, but I've been up late doing it, and it's pretty uh, it's pretty awesome. You know, secret squirrel squirrel projects do not include two bait. You know that, right? I uh, I know. Okay. And it, and, and, and it has not. Trust me. <laughs> in no way shape nor form <laughs> no but um you know other than that i haven't been able to get out to fly it's uh it's been crappy weather and it's in the middle of the work week as we record this and i'm the sad bastard who's not actually going to be going to the barons rc we're going to so talk about uh, you, fun you time with you guys <laughs> you couldn't have chosen a better weekend dude we are so gonna talk about you that's okay make sure you record it if you no, do no, no. we're not gonna record it well we pretty much talk about you anyway when you're not around so that's okay <laughs> <laughs> kidding only kidding so i went <laughs> flying this week guys i did on monday how cold was it you know you know those days when um, it looks its it looks like you look outside and you're like, wow, it looks pretty nice. The sun's kind of shining. You know, it's still a winter day, but you're like, you know, you know what? I think I'm going to go. And you walk outside and you're like, oh, man, it's beautiful out here. But you get to the field and the wind, there's like a 15 mile an hour difference in wind in the seven miles that you drove. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so we toughed it out. I... Um, it was getting tough. I mean, I, I was really starting to get cold, but I got a few flights in, and uh, eventually Ed was there. Oh yeah. Oh Ed's, nice. He's back. He's Sweet. back, man. He wow. flew. Um, did he? I don't think he flew a six hundred. He brought a six hundred, but I don't think he got a flight in. Uh, he flew his five hundred, and he's actually he's really making a lot of lot of progress. I mean, he's actually you know he's he's out letting the helicopter go and has he been, was he simming during you know he's off? he's been talking about simming i don't i he keeps saying that i have him convinced that his simulator is no good and i'm like what ed why don't remember what is he using uh phoenix and i think it's because i've been talking about real flight that he is under the impression that i'm making him think that his simulator is no good but Way to go. 
Ed, Ed has a very unique Just way him out of the hobby. Well, he's got a really unique way of interpreting what I say. Um, if I don't own or use something, he interprets that as I think it sucks. It's not worthy <laughs> of the Dan. Yeah. So, I mean, think about how much shit in this hobby in the eyes of Ed, he must think that I think sucks because I don't own or use. No wonder he only flies a line. <laughs> he does fly Spectrum, though, DX8. Oh, okay. There you go. But I told him to buy that radio. So T- Two of them, right? Well, I didn't tell him to buy the second one. He wanted to buy <laughs> He does have two of them. Oh, okay. But the, the reason he bought the second one is because we were struggling so hard. And he, you know, we'd get the buddy box thing going and, oh, I just don't like the way that radio feels. And then we'd switch it to another radio. I don't like the way that went. I'm like, Ed, stop worrying about how the radio feels. It, it, it just bothered him so much. He said, I'm just going to buy a duplicate radio <laughs> for buddy wow. boxing. That's dedication right there. So, man. yeah, he's got two brand new DX8s. And, um, one is a dedicated buddy box radio. Nice. He's, he's weird. Yeah. He's kind of be coming out to the fun fly. And, Sweet. uh, he's also going to be, I'm thinking he's going to go to Snohomish. Cool. He better. And, nice. um, probably the first Othello. Nice. Second nice. Othello frame is kind of tough because he's into hunting. So, and that's a bad time of year for Montana hunters. Well, and they haven't they haven't announced it officially yet, have they? I don't think so, but they will. They'll do it. it was, yeah, I hope it was they a, do. That was, was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a pretty good turnout, right? Yeah, we had what forty yeah. registered pilots, 30, 35? thirty five. I think between thirty and forty. And isn't that a? Isn't the second Othello just kind of like the South Central Tri Cities one that they moved over there? Well, I think they both were. They both. Oh, yeah, because Bill. Yeah, yeah, because Bill know. Pierce did did them, and I guess they had a problem with their field. Or I'm going from memory from the conversation that I had with them, and then so they were like searching for a place to field, a uh, place to field, Ugh, place to have their fun fly. And a friend of a friend knew Gary Weaver, who owns that Weaver field out there. And um, a few phone calls later, they had a place, so that's where they do their. Such an it's such a nice, it's just got a real homey feel. Yeah, exactly, it. Nick. It's like it's laid back and relaxed. Just, just a nice place to fly, and it's manicured, dude. It's like yeah, a golf super course. Nice. See, that's like, dude. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> you ever told yourself a joke or g- getting ready it's to funny tell to a you. joke, and it was so funny you laughed in your head before you told it. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I do that. And I tell people, but see now I really yeah, the it, moment's now passed, man. Because if it's if it's not funny, I'm really so go ahead screwed. and tell us. I really want to make fun of you. Well, I am. Oh, okay. No, I'm not going to say the joke. I'm just <laughs> going to say that it's I'm spoiled with the linen field because the linen field is probably the most manicured RC field that oh, I've yeah? been at. Period. So that's just kind of like I think that's how they should Dude. all be. When I was at Othello this last time, I, I, the guy who takes care of the field at Othello, and I, his name is Dave, I believe, from memory. Uh, when I showed up, I showed up like a day early, like, like I do because I don't have a life and I'm kind of boring that way. 
Well, I, they had the sprinklers running, and, and I guess apparently a couple days before every fun fly, they just let them run. And do you guys remember how wet it was there? Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, that was part, that was part of the reason. And uh, so I'm like kind of parked off the side waiting, and I'm like, hmm, well, I'll just wait for them to turn the water off. And I was waiting and waiting, and I mean, hours gone by. I, I actually made some phone calls to some friends of mine who know Gary Weaver to call Gary Weaver and ask and him if him I to could, turn it off. No, just ask him if I could turn them off. And uh, Gary was like, oh, yeah, if you want to. Uh, but he shows up and he explains to me why they want him on. I'm like, well, if you guys want him on, we'll just leave him on. I'll do something else. So he takes me to the fairgrounds where there's RV parking and they Mm -hmm. have a club there. Well, they have a a field there. That's where they started. And um, this runway is like a putting green. The whole runway. At the fairgrounds? Yeah. Oh, man. It's like he goes through with a bucket of sand, you know, like they do on fairways to kind of clean out the divots and stuff, Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. finally rakes it out. And it's got this absolute smooth, like, the however tall, you know, uh, putting green grass is. It's literally that tall. Where you can can literally roll a ball across it. A golf ball. you You could putt, and it's just perfectly smooth. That's that's better than Linden, Nick. Yeah, that's that's better. I mean, not a lot. The Linden was really impressive. That's where I took that sliding auto picture. I mean, and you can just you set the skids down, and as long as they're pointed straight, you're never. It's not going to bump. No, it's perfectly jostled. It's really sweet, but that's incredible. Yeah. Um, Speaking of airplane autos, did you guys see that? post that was shared and then yeah the 130x <laughs> that yeah, was awesome that was great we're starting a trend isn't that man. cool though i mean i was like uh i was watching it going well that, that's kind of cool he's the way he's got the camera and then that where he just flies it right into the camera whoa <laughs> it's just unexpected and funny i just thought that was pretty neat so other than that guys i'm really looking forward to this weekend uh we're just gonna hang out drink some I got. I was a little. I'm. I'm still a little. I still kind of wanted to do the show there, but man, the production, moving this production, it just, uh, especially. And I looked at the weather report, and apparently the pass is supposed to get pummeled with snow this week. Yeah, Friday and Saturday, it's supposed to get absolutely blasted. Yeah. So, I just was like, eh, you know, let's get the show done and. And uh, just relax this weekend and uh, just consume mass quantities of adult beverages. Sounds no like fun to me. No hot apple pie, man. Yeah, no, no hot apple pie. Just Miller Lights. Miller Lights and, and some White Russians. There you go. <laughs> oh, yeah, That's about it. Maybe we should go into some news now, huh? Shit, guys. I think I need to get a new charger. Well, hey, Dan, why don't you head over to Progressive RC and check out that new iCharger 4010 Duo that they got over there. Looks to be a powerhouse. And dude, while you're at it, check out one of his charger case combos as well. They're great looking. I know, man. Those things look sweet. I think I'm going to do that right now. www.progressiverc.com. Check them out for your charging needs. 
right, guys. This week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What do you got, Nick? All right, so Futaba, now that it seems like the majority of the actual Team Futaba pilots are getting their 14 SGs. So we're seeing uh, videos starting to pop up everywhere. Um, we've got a link here for a really cool, and, and this is like, this is what I'm interested in personally, the Futaba 14SG versus the 8FG. Ooh, I nice. mean, I don't care about versus anything else. I want to know why is it worth it to me to upgrade from my 8FG, which I love so much. Yeah, why, you know, why and, should you spend the money? Yeah, exactly. Why should I spend the money? And just, boy, I... I I'm almost tempted to say I think they really like nailed they it. They did, with this dude. Radio. I mean, you've got telemetry, you've got a vibrating timer, and a there. louder buzzer, a louder, t- a louder buzzer, wide switch spacing. I mean, dude, it's like a freaking Spectrum converts. And let's not forget, you now have a red and a blue light. Uh, well, Ooh. it's important. That's for the color blind. <laughs> <laughs> so you can know your radio's on. They figure, ah, they'll probably see one or the other. All they need is green. It would look like Christmas. Probably feels like oh, Christmas. Dude, I want that radio. Yeah. Me too. Do, do they have a, a price on that thing yet? You know? Because I, I haven't seen one, so I was just I was just throwing it out there, but... I haven't recently. I might have heard it originally, but I don't remember what it is. Okay. From what I remember, and I don't just completely, you know what, I'm not even going to venture to guess, but I do remember hearing the price and going, well, that doesn't seem too bad. Yeah. I thought it was I, like that sticks in my 600 mind. bucks, wasn't it? No, I think it was seven-ish to eight-ish. Oh, really? How's that for a real crappy <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of. I'm going to retract my statement. That does actually sound a little, a little high. That's pretty pricey if it's Wait, actually I, seven to eight hundred. I found it. Power Hobbies five ninety nine. Yeah, oh, there same. you go. Six hundred. Right. When? Sweet. See, that's reasonable. I I can stomach Get that. It, and here's the deal. You know, with Tower Hobbies, you can do three pay. Oh yeah, baby. Oh. Nothing like spreading it out over three months. There you go. <laughs> Tis the American way. I, I, I feel like you've done that before. I have, dude. <laughs> that was that was from experience. Oh, dude, my first helicopter from hel- from Tower Hobby was a three month deal. Uh, the axe. You know you have a helicopter problem when your Tower Hobby's three pay is larger. Than your mortgage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get that email from Tower Hobby once every month. It says, all right, so yeah, um, just giving you a heads up, that that thousand and two two hundred dollar uh bill that you've got is gonna be going through on the fourteenth. Make sure you have money in your account. Just saying. Cause you you don't want to piss <laughs> the guys at Tower Hobby off. Yo, they're from like Illinois. You know what I'm saying? Other the people that take care of the problem. You guys sleep with the fishes. No big deal. No big whoop. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that, that dude, That's I'm thinking, tempting. how cool would it be to have that radio as your main radio, and then keep the uh, 8FG for the for the uh, Buddy Box? Yep, that would be sweet. I that desperately sweet, need dude. a Buddy Box radio, and not for my sake. 
because it's so perfect for you to have one set up for when you're in that time when you're at your field and some new guy shows up, you know, and you're like, oh man, I'd kind of like to give those a try. Well, you're in luck, buddy. Let's get it up in the air. And I have I a 60 year old nitro here that we won't be able to get off the ground. So let's go do <laughs> yeah, this. After 30 with your name all over Dude, it, buddy. I would have no problems buddy boxing anybody. You take them up in the air, you, oh, turn, do it. you turn them over to people, and you can tell immediately if you're going to have to take it right back. We'll test your reflexes. You know what in. that is, Dan? That's that, uh, that's that Todd Bennett confidence that they, that, that class gives Yeah. I think so. Jesse, I'm going to ask you, will you let me fly your heli? Oh, absolutely. You can fly my heli. Why would I not let you? Why not? On a buddy box. We'll we'll test your reflexes. We'll see (laughs) if you can save it. You'll be buddy boxing (laughs) me, but I'm testing you. Oh, I see what you're saying. All right. Oh, dude, I I have no doubt that I could save the helicopter from you. You want to know how I know that? You're never going to give it to me. I would hand it to you for control. I would hand it to you for like a half a second and take it right back because I know you're going to be a smartass and try to put it into yeah. a pyro flip or something. <laughs> Drive it in. <laughs> Fence post. <laughs> I call this one the shocker. Ay, ay, All right. So, um, Spartan, th- this is a pretty cool little setup that they got here on their website. They've got a whole page. It's like a knowledge base for the VX1. Um, there's installation and setup tricks. And and this is one of my favorite. They have actually a tab on there called Common Problems. And if you go into the Common Problems tab, it's, I mean, it's exactly that. It's just an individual list of, you know, like, hey, I have more positive pitch than negative pitch. And then it's got it all laid out right there. It, it's kind of like, well, it's truthfully, it's kind of like what we're doing on our website with the tech mm-hmm. tips. Yeah. It's just all right there. We'll beat you to the punch. We don't even want you to ask the question because we want to have the answers for you, you know. And uh, I, I think that's that's fantastic that they do that and they make it easy to find and easy to access that information. So kudos to them. They've also got some kind of some <laughs> some funny overview videos on their uh, on their website on it. Wood paneling, that's all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody borrowed a job shack and did some videos, but that's all. A job shack. (laughs) 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 No, they're they're great videos. I'm just giving them a If I wasn't giving someone a hard time, it wouldn't be me. So, yeah. But uh, anyway, so for all, uh, uh, if you have been interested in the Spartan or you've got one, have some questions, make sure that uh, you use that resource. It looks like a really good one. All right, so my big one of the week. This is sweet because, and I'm Dan, I'm hoping you haven't seen this, which I'm sure you have, and then you'll ruin it, but whatever. <laughs> so that's what I live for, <laughs> yo. Yeah, I know. Uh, Scott Gray, you know, they've done the reactor right. uh-huh. regulators, quality units. Uh-huh. They have a new one. Expensive out. units. Uh, yes, expensive but reliable. Okay. That's the key. It's only ex- it's only expensive if it crashes your helicopter. But if it doesn't, if it keeps it from causing a crash or a problem, then it's worth gotcha. it. Gotcha. So they've got a new one out called the Reactor High Voltage X. This is pretty sweet. 
it, it's, you know, we've been, me and you've been talking back and forth about this whole regulator thing. What am I going to get? What do I want to do? And I'm over here complaining, you know, man, there was, it, it seems like there's just no, no innovation in the nitro world anymore. No one's putting any effort right. into it, you know, and, and a couple of, uh, what used to be good units have dropped off the planet, and and it's just like, man, I, I really want, I, I want something, I want some strange, I want some new cool stuff for the nitro, <laughs> some strange, <laughs> I want some strange. <laughs> so this is sweet. This is it. It'll handle up to three S. Here's the sweet part: twenty five amp. That's radio. awesome. Yep, you've got selectable voltage. A Fail-safe, on-off nice. switch. This is pretty cool. It's not... You actually have to push the button, hold it for three seconds, and then it'll arm, and that's how you disarm it as well. If you cut the lead, smash that switch, it stays on. So it's fail-safe right. style. Um, another really cool part that I just... I love about the reg, uh, about the regulators is that they have um, the charge lead built into them. So you don't have to pull your pack oh, off the heli if you've... I like that. Yeah. yeah, it's way cool. It's got a little Dean's connector, which I would swap out, but that's... Yeah, it's sort of... So you just... It's yeah. old school Scott Gray style. I mean, the original Reactor X had that too, and it was one of the only ones, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple other really neat features. I mean, obviously it will handle... There, This is directed around 3S. I mean, they're, it will handle... It'll handle 2 to 4S, but that's really kind of like what they optimized it for. They're saying that it's it's extremely efficient uh, running on that input voltage. And like a 1350 to 1500 milliamp battery is enough for, you know, 700 so and 800 class helis. Is that just to keep the amp draw up high in case so you don't have any issues with these high voltage servos? Is that why the 3S? No, I think it's because you're getting like 2S is 7.4 volts, right. right? Well, they actually have an option here for 8.4 and 9 volts on the output. And, you know, the advantage with the regulator oh, you is can that... you totally utilize all your voltage. Well, you can utilize all that and it's constant. So even a, a 2S LiPo pack, it might be 8.4 right. when you charge it. But then, you know, after so many flights, you're dropping down and down. And so a 3S is going to give it a lot more room sure. for margin. Nice. Yeah. Um, another really sweet feature is it has a. It's basically it's designed around telemetry. So like the the JR telemetry um, in the XG8 and the XG11, it'll plug right into it and show up on your telemetry screen. Nice. So it's like you don't have to do any additional wiring for that. And they even have like you just have to change around some of the wires on that plug, and then you can use it for Spectrum and Futaba telemetry as well. It's got six really bright blue uh, status LEDs, uh, you know, with all the information that it's got. I just, it's 62 grams. Yeah. So, I, I personally, dude, I think that's really reasonable. That's, well, for reference, 62 grams is the average weight of a 700 size servo. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think that it's that bad at all because, like, uh, you know, even on uh, like on my T Rex, with no canopy on to get it to CG, I have to run a twenty five hundred milliamp pack. I don't want to run that big. 
because I don't particularly want the weight. I, I don't mind charging every three or four flights. But um, with this thing, I mean, it's just not that bad. I, it, it's easily something that I could put on there, knock down to a little bit smaller pack and not have any additional weight. Hmm. Yeah, and I actually like that it supports 2 to 4S because, uh, you know, that gives you a, a wider range of options. And, I mean, you guys saw me last year. I was running 3 and 4S uh, receiver packs on my on my whippies um, just because yep. I had them and because the shape and the weight was specifically what I needed to get things to balance. It just gives you a whole lot more options. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the 3S and 4S packs you can get in a really short. Yeah, short and squatty, yes. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I mean, that gives you so much more room for adjusting CG and, and where it can fit. You know, you can, like, put that pack, if you want, on the on the side of the retriever's tray, like on a receiver tray on, like on a 700. Yep. And then with this setup, you just strap it down there, like, super good because, man— Speaking of that, that's something that I see so many people have happen. They hit the dirt and their receiver pack comes flying off because they've got this freaking chachonga looking flat brick yep. of a receiver pack on the top tray, right? And the thing's like six, seven inches long and like three inches wide. Um, hello, momentum. Guilty. You know, it's like one big. Yeah, that happened yeah. to me in my last crash. Yeah, absolutely. But you take one of these more, you know, more compact styles. Stick it on the side with one really thick piece of Velcro, and you have then you have some uh, some protection above it and below it. You don't you you take that risk out of that. So I dig it. It's uh, looks I think it's like right around the one fifty. Yeah, one forty nine ninety five. Damn so it! I I think that I am gonna go ahead and treat myself to one huh. of these. Cause I'm dude, I'm it. glad to see it. I mean, I remember, you know, it, it wasn't too long ago, but going on three and a half years now or four years since I've been in the hobby. And when I first got into it, the Reactor X was a big thing. And then it kind of, you mm -hmm. know, it died yeah. down and you didn't hear anything from Scott Gray. And now he's coming out with this. And and it's not just another regulator. It's got some really cool features. Yeah. So good for him. So does it have a... Uh push bow or something similar on it no it yeah, doesn't which i mean they just dude they, that would have been nail in the coffin everyone else can quit if they would have done yeah. that but i mean dude push glow 35 yeah bucks. it's just one more thing to add to the heli but <laughs> it's it they're so small and so little yeah well so yeah well mm. so <laughs> get over and, it and your mama yeah, whatever. <laughs> Anything else? Anybody else got any news? No, that's that's all I got. That's the big Justin, one. Justin, you have some news, don't you? I do? Yeah. Didn't you hear back from the doctor? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it contagious or what's the deal? Does Nick have to go see the doctor now? It's a little contagious. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Justin, have you heard anything um, on the new MKS servos? On the Yeah, so the a little bit. I don't have all the information, but the uh, the new X8 series, and I think they're now calling them the MKS HBL 800s or 880s. Um, these are uh, specifically targeted for the 800 class. 
uh, of helis, both AP and the big 3D type helis like the, the Mikado Extreme. It's this. It's in the same package as a 700 sized servo, all aluminum with a nice finned heat sink. But the the specs on them are off the charts, and I don't have it in front of me right now. But we're talking like 400 plus inch ounces of torque at at point one it's seconds it's of speed, dude. That's and, epic. And, and the tail has the <laughs> tail puts out like 150 inch ounces of torque at like point oh five. You know what I like? Like that I personally think is the coolest feature of them for for cyclic servos. The servo horns, eight millimeters. Oh eight yeah, millimeter output. Yep. the output yeah. shaft that's, is that's huge. Massive. Yeah, get ready for broken pots. But dude, <laughs> have you have you seen the freaking servo arms? I mean, they are sexy. Yeah, this could totally take out that whole servo gear rebuild thing, which would be awesome. Yep. I. That's not yeah, a fun task. What are we talking about here? How much? Two hundred plus? Oh, it wouldn't surprise oh, me if they're God, if they're that. I don't know. Buck eighty, buck ninety a piece, <sighs> easy. Yeah, but okay. Consider that you're spending. Let's say it's a hundred and eighty, and again, I don't, I don't have the price off the top of my head, but one eighty gets you a four hundred plus inch ounce torque servo that's high voltage capable you know, a fully metal encased heat sink, or you can go and buy a Futaba or JR that has none of that for the same price or more. Well, no, I wouldn't I buy either one. It's just going to be hard for, it's going to be hard for like the 700 to get these to yeah. people to want to buy them in the 700 class. Cause I mean, dude, like the specs on the new Protex, those are insane and they're hundred. Yeah, bucks. no, that's, that's true. But I mean, if you're, gonna go toss around like a 23 pound apache then well, I mean, yeah, what, see what i, I what i take these. from it more than more than anything personally is it shows mks is innovating i mean they're they're pushing yes. the state of the art no one else out there has a, a, a servo that they will advertise as 800 capable and when we're talking about throwing around a 15 or 16 or 20 pound heli with some of the 3d loads that we put on these things you're not going to get away with a BLS 451. It just no, doesn't no. do it. That's true. That hmm. is true. Hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Hmm. Well, that's How about all you, I Jesse? Got. You got anything? No, I got No I got talking nothing. points. I can't top the news of the week and uh, MKS servos. Are you uh, kidding me? No, I, uh, I, I, I hear you, dude. What do you yeah. think about the reactor? <laughs> yeah, what do you Jesse? got, Dan? I'm thinking you're gonna get one pretty soon here. I probably won't have a nitro, so, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's probably a no. Ooh, it's going that bad, huh? No, I'm just, I'm. I think I'm. You know, a 50 size nitro kind of, or a nitro, I guess, in my opinion, kind of served its purpose. But I really tort, you know, tend to fly my electrics a lot more. See, so we got news audio anyway. You're getting rid of the 50 size nitro. Oh, it's it's a little ways down the road, but I'm sure eventually it, I would not be surprised if I was all electric. So. They need to, Compass needs to make a new. Did nitro. you guys hear Nick turn it around on me and ask me what I have for news? I heard it. Yeah. Yep. And you no, ignored I, I me. I let Jesse, Jesse talk. It's, I always, whatever Jesse talks, I just stop what I'm doing and listen. 
(laughs) 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 That's a good thing, by the way, Jesse. I would abuse the crap out of that. (laughs) (laughs) It's just... He's just scheming is what he's doing. I'm... No, I, so, I, I don't know how to take that. I mean, Jesse's a man of few words. Yeah, he's not really. Jesse's listening. a man of few words, and when he <laughs> decides to finally say something, you know it's going to be something important. Yeah. So yeah. you just gotta. You're not even. You gotta listening. stop what you're doing. You're just sitting there like and listen. Okay, what can I? Get yeah. Him? Wait for. I just it. wait for him to say something wait, I can make fun of. <laughs> bam. Well, you did good today. I could. There's. You didn't say anything I could make fun of. Yeah. You bastard. Well, that's about it. I don't have any news, by the way, Nick. My news is well, I have no news. But that's not new news. No epic news. No epic news. news. It's old. <laughs> there, there's no news like a boss. <laughs> uh, Do the news like a boss. Right. Man, those servos, they're going to throw that helicopter around like a boss. that reminds you what did i got an email from uh one of the major retailers and they're having a a boss 10 percent off sale experience that's it that's right it's experience Uh, so at checkout the boss is out of the 10 the boss is out of the office or the sale yeah i saw that (laughs) yeah if you guys only hey, I got a uh, I got an email from Helipros today. They're trying to sell me a plane. Do you guys? What? I don't know. Dude. Really? Yeah. They they sent me a. I got. I don't know. I'm on some mailing list. Apparently, they're having a sale on an extra two sixty. I'm like, what? I. You know what? I bet you it's freaking Larry. <laughs> He's like, this will this will mess with him. It's gotta this be Larry. Yeah. This the only Larry would do that. We gotta get him to. We gotta get him to make fun of us somehow, so he can just talk about us. I know. We'll send him a flyer for a plane that we're selling. That's what we'll do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's it. That's my news. Got a got a letter from Heli Pros telling me they're selling a, a plane. So, did sweet. you buy it? Sweet. Uh, no, I didn't. No, uh, did you buy? No, well, you never. You never know. Especially those little six cell electric planes. I'm sorry, I had one for a while. And, uh, yeah. It's almost like a quad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on, man. It's not that bad. Oh, I did get a, I did in the midweek, I got a text from uh, Chris Lund. You guys remember Chris Lund? Yep. Yeah. Oh. And he said to me, I'm listening. I don't know what show he was listening to, but apparently it was one where, oh, uh, where Justin was going off on that, that quad that you talked to. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And he was mm-hmm. like, what is this hobby coming to? <laughs> and I said, I don't know, man. It's just silly shit. And he goes, ugh, why were you guys even talking about that stuff? <laughs> so there's other people. I, li- I like, you know, I like Chris because Chris is a quad hater. Too. Yeah, he is. He's hard. He's hardcore quad. <laughs> he doesn't like, he doesn't like Slimers either. No, I know. Yeah, we're working on that. You know, got to chip away at the armor a little bit at a time. But he likes gassers, yeah, so that's, that's cool. All right. Yep. He's okay in my book. Yeah, he's exactly. For a guy who lives in Billings, Montana. <laughs> yeah. You, you're only going to get so much out of yeah. Billings. <laughs> <laughs> Billings is like the armpit of Montana. Oh, hey, wait, MA's there. Sorry, guys. 
Alrighty, guys. Well, that's news. This week's news has been brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. So as most of you know, over the last couple weekends, I've been flying my helis pretty hard. And that also means I've been crashing pretty hard as well. So when it comes time to get my helis ready to fly for the following weekend, I need to get parts fast and from a reliable dealer. So Dan, where do you recommend I look to get some parts? Dude, you need to call up helipros.com. Tell them what you need. They'll get that out to you as fast as they can. That's helipros.com. Sounds real good. I think we'll go check it out right now. So this week, we are going to, we started a thread on the forum, kind of poking around, see what some of our listeners are talking about, thinking about, would maybe like to hear us talk about on the show. So we're going to kind of take a look in that forum right now, and we are just going to pick some topics and kind of go over them. Bear with. (laughs) Is that trademarked? Wow. <laughs> That's a fantastic beverage I made, just so you should know. Oh, yeah? Is it? Is it like a crack cocktail? <laughs> no. I'm going to get some. No more tonight. cold be gone? That'll be tomorrow. Uh, oh, yeah. No, it's cold be gone. <laughs> I always have a cold, so I always need cold be gone. Dude, <laughs> what is the deal with you? And Do you start smoking or something? You know, that, that, that cuts down on your immunity as well. No, I I quit sleeping. That'll cut down on your immunity <laughs> as well. That will make yeah. you immune deficient. I'm gonna get some sleep tonight, though, because I have to stay up and pack all after. I'm already packed. I'm ready to go, man. I just got to jump in the truck and head on out of here. Oh yeah. So, back to our topic at hand. So we're looking through this thread, and the first one that we came to. Uh, and actually, it's going to be timely because uh, we've had him on the show before. You guys, we, you might remember we have a, a listener, Mark. He's the guy who is building the Fusion uh, 50. He's actually uh, doing a conversion, I, I guess, to a 550. Yep. Yep. It's the build a pilot. Yeah, it's thread. the build a pilot yeah. thread. So he did mention I talked to, I can't remember if I got an email from him or if I just talked to him in the chat room. But it was like, oh, that last week's episode was perfect timing. And I got a few, by the way, of those types of emails. Um, even Reyes. Ah, yes, Reyes. Oh, he responded to the tail topic. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Oh, oh, yeah. He was like, I like the I like the fact that you guys talked about that, making sure the the uh mechanical linkage and all that stuff is smooth. That's that's a number that's the number one thing to do. And then he went on to lecture me about something else I did wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Here, no, he, it was plastic yeah. tail blades. It, I think he was referring that not, and, and this is true, okay? I will be the first person to admit this. Not all plastic tail blades are the same. Just because some are plastic, I mean, the KBDDs are probably the stiffest plastic tail blade on the market. I, I Oh, yeah, so. absolutely, dude. Yeah. So with that comes added density, which is going to mean they're going to be heavier. That yeah, and that's kind of what we were pointing out. And I mean, kind of some, you know, kind of goes without saying that carbon fiber is going to be stiffer than plastic, no matter what you do to the plastic. Yep. Yeah. I mean, 
So that's kind of implied, I think. <laughs> so, but I mean, yeah. So you could take a lighter set of plastic blades and you know do a bunch of you know reversals or like like Jesse was saying with the reversals and and beat them up, and they're not going to put as much stress on. Oh, and even as, the the know, KBDD light. the one hundred fours, you know, those are significantly lighter than the one twelves. Yeah. But you're also, you're just not going to get the performance. You can do reversals all day long, but, I mean, if it's a squishy turd in the middle of the switch, then it's just a squishy uh, turd. You can't do anything about it. Nice. I like that reference. <laughs> it's not a problem. Yeah, a squishy turd. Not full of that one. <laughs> I got rid of it, did you? So, anyway. Yep. <laughs> Mark brought up a point. And uh, as we're, you know, we're talking about this kind of a build-a-pilot thread, he's kind of learning as he goes. This is his first helicopter, other than maybe, a, I think, a Nano. He had a couple Nanos, I believe. And so he's kind of to that point in his build where he needs to start thinking about his uh, field box and, you know, well, what should he be bringing to the field? And, um, you know, how many, how big, you know, all that good stuff. So I'll start with this, and, and my field box is um, is 8 feet by 18 feet, <laughs> and uh, it requires a three-quarter ton truck to get to the field, and it's got everything I could possibly want in there, including a refrigerator, if, <laughs> if I can find it, and that's the big, t- that's, the, that's the drawback that I've got, is actually finding shit I need, but I know it's there, but... No, seriously, you know, when it comes to the field stuff, like this is, a, for me, this this is going to be a challenging weekend because I'm not taking my trailer. As we mentioned, we're all going to Spokane, all except for Justin. <sighs> Man. So we're all going to go enjoy the weekend in Spokane and uh, Dieter and Jesse and, and Nick and myself, a few guys from uh, uh, Idaho, the local people, maybe Larry's going to come down. But see, I'm not taking my trailer. So I really, I'm kind of anxious about, you know, it's kind of a throwback to the days when I first started when I didn't have the trailer, making sure you have everything you need. Now, the good thing about this for me is there's going to be a ton of other people there and whatever I don't have, they're going to have. But if you're in a situation like Mark and you're kind of new and you don't really know anybody, you know, what what are the essentials? Of course, that's going to change with what you're flying, but... Um, so for me, the essentials obviously fuel, starter, radio, and helicopter. Do I bring spares? I do because of my field box is so big. What do you guys do? I mean, do you guys bring all that good stuff? When when you pack to go to the field, do you just bring your shop? No. Yeah. What Dude, do you bring? This this topic, this one, this one hits home, and I and I think it probably does for Nick too because. Over the last two or three years, Nick, how many different field boxes <laughs> have you and I gone through? I mean, it's like uh, it's. I have a yeah, problem. and I, think I, that's I do typ- too, I think, dude. That's I think that's pretty typical, guys. We're always looking for. I don't. I haven't had that problem since I got the trailer, obviously. But before that, I was always looking for the the coolest gadgety gizmo well, holding. It, not even cool and gadgety, but like the perfect field box. Is it yeah. small? Is it large? I mean, I went through this phase where I had this like three tiered plastic thing that like opens up like a like stair steps and you can like fit everything in it. Right. And then I went back to like right now 
honestly, you know what my feel I, I just like you, Dan, I tossed the heli, the fuel, the radio, the batteries in the car, and then I've got this tiny little uh cardboard box that I toss all my essential tools in, and that's it. It's a cardboard <laughs> box, and here's. I don't think Nick likes that. I don't think Nick. I don't think Nick's feeling the cardboard box. <laughs> no, it just it just cracks me up. Freaking aerospace engineer, and he works. <laughs> just gotta throw him in there, and good to go. But here, so has anyone seen my three millimeter? Here is the thing, though, dude. Okay, <laughs> fell out of the hole in the bottom. Yeah, it got rained on. So okay, you can make yeah, yeah, exactly. You can make fun yeah. of the cardboard box. I'll I'll take the criticism. Um, but but here's the deal. I mean, more often than not, you know, if it's a fun fly, and this is another point that we ought to bring up, Dan, because I think the field box differs between like a regular day at the field and a fun fly absolutely because if you're going to be there for an entire week or a weekend yeah you're going to bring spares you're going to bring a lot of other stuff that you might not bring for a few hours at the field yeah i bring my uh hex wrenches or i'm sorry hex drivers i bring a uh a set of double-sided tape a little spool of that just in case i need to play around with the fly barless unit or something like that um i bring a what's it called a butane powered soldering iron and blowtorch combo because that's always useful i always find reasons to use that and other than that i don't bring i don't bring much else you know you you bring up a good point and i know i kind of kid about bringing my trailer and which which i do but still uh i guess i kind of do have a, a field box now I have one of those um, JR dual radio boxes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so to kind of minimize the needing to constantly go back and forth into the trailer and just kind of hanging out at the flight line, I've kind of developed where I have a set of tools that stay in that box. And in that box, I have all the, all the appropriate wrenches, uh, glow plug driver. I keep uh, battery checker. The, the Hyperion, I think it's the EOS Sentry, I yep. think is what I use. And uh, I keep the um, Multigov Pro display, various tapes. I keep some a little bit of Loctite, a little bit of CA, a few parts, nothing too major, some tail blades, stuff like that, uh, a trainer cord, and my radio. And, you know, you hit on another good point there, which is, and I forgot to mention this, I I personally think it's it's important to have two sets of tools, the tools that always stay in your field kit and the tools that stay at home in your shop or your hobby room, whatever it is. That way you don't have to go back and forth searching for them. Yeah, I got three. No, that way. I was going to say, I got I got three sets of everything. But it's not it's it's from necessity. Yeah, and you know, after having said that, you're right, Nick. I do have two sets, one for the field and one for the house, and I end up using them both at the house because I most of the time <laughs> lose half of them yeah. doing whatever it is I'm doing. <laughs> Dirty boys. I Dirty st- boys. I still have wrenches missing. I mean I, I have three of the exact same set of Maverick tools. 
And there's still some that I have no idea where they are. I'm telling you, when you come to visit and we and we do this overhauling on your trailer, we're gonna we're we're splitting everything that we find that you don't know you had. <laughs> oh, I know I had that. I knew that was there. That's yeah, what you're gonna be hearing whatever. from me. Dude, we're gonna find a V bar in there. There is a V bar in there somewhere. <laughs> there is a V V bar five in there somewhere. Man, that's, see that's a good thing. Yeah. And a cork gyro. And a set of frames for a Bergen and a mm. few other odds and ends that I swear to God, unless my cat went in there and packed them out, they have <laughs> to be in there. So what do you guys, what do you bring guys, Jesse and Nick? Um, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm like Justin too. I've switched field boxes so many times, you know, just trying to meet different needs, new helis. All that sort of stuff, but right now in my field box is um, obviously like a, a set of drivers, um, balling pliers, regular, you know, needle nose pliers, Loctite CA. Um, like you, Dan, I always keep a set of tail blades for each heli and a set of skids for each heli, um, just because a, a hard auto can you know crack a skid, so I always want to have a spare skid to throw on. And let's see, you know. I have a little, I guess like a little tackle box um, for each heli that I have. Um, so I have various screws and stuff in there that would go with that specific heli. Um, transmitter, starter, and then I recently got a the V-bar control panel. So I made up a little, uh, it's kind of cool, I cut out like a the center of a tackle box and lined it all with foam and made a little protective case for that. So that gets thrown in there now. Nice. But it's kind of a explain like what it, what it, what is your what's your your field box like look like? I don't know. It, it kind of looks like a a toolbox, I guess. Um, but it's like a big yeah, it's like a big box. tackle box. So what what you do is you push a button on the front and it kind of hinges up and it brings up two drawers. So the top you can see and then you can pull out the second drawer, which is pretty deep. Which that's where I store all the the little tackle boxes that have screws and. All that in the skids and all that type of stuff. And then it has a big open compartment in the bottom, big enough where I put foam down there and I have my transmitter, my starter, and the wand all in there with, you know, cut out for each specific item. So oh, they don't dude, slide I around. Think you have the same one that I do then. No. Nah, it sounds I'm like. I'm sure I don't. No? <laughs> but. No. Nah. Probably similar, but yeah. That actually made me think of something, and this is going to drive Nick absolutely crazy batty. Crazy. And it comes goes back to the uh, having the, you know, we always end up with various odds and ends screws and bolts and fasteners and washers and shit like that, right? And so mm-hmm. I like to keep an assortment of those in, in my field box. But all I do is I just like an old, like a, a servo case and just mm-hmm. dump everything in there. So I have to do the whole grab the mil- grab the wrench and kind of <laughs> fiddle through it to find the, what I'm looking for if I need something, and then I just wrap a piece of tape around it to keep it closed while it's in the field box. Because hmm. I know Nick likes to keep that <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, all my, you know, know all organized. organized. And, yeah. See, now that's yeah, something that I I I don't deal with. I do what Nick does, and I've got these little tiny. I've got like 50 different tiny drawers, and they're all 
you know, split up based on the size of the fastener. Is it a wash or is it a nut? That sort of a thing. But can't you just, so if you're looking at a handful of various fasteners, can't you just eyeball and see what you need immediately? Yeah, I, I can, but I've got tons of them. I make McMaster car orders on a regular basis for just like random sizes of fasteners so that I've got stuff laying around just in case I lose some or I want to, you know, screw around with a side project or something like that. Huh. Yeah, I don't do not having the right. Screw. Yeah. It yeah. It doesn't happen. I, I have it. I just that. have to find it because see in my trailer, I've got a Tupperware. <laughs> Oh, we, I've seen it. I've had to dig through it. <laughs> you know, like, and you it's can like, find it, you it's can like have three it. inches deep, and it's like, I don't know, an eight-inch Tupperware of just various fasteners. And First of all, let me ask you guys something. How do, how do we collect so many fasteners? Because I've never made – well, I take that back. I did buy some of the uh, – I believe they were the Lynx uh, screws for the 700 for the frame. Mm-hmm. But I've never just like bought a bulk order, but yet I have. It's two. because it's because you've owned like forty yeah, helicopters. And, and yeah, whenever that's, you, place, that's whenever the you key, get parts, dude. whenever you get parts, it seems that they come with screws. Yeah, that's true. It adds up quick. So you just kind of like take the part out, dump the screws in your bin, and then install it. And I've got so many. I've literally this Tupperware is full, and I have to flip through it with a screwdriver or something <laughs> it gives me something to do what can i say you, I, i'll let you organize those for me nick how's that sound <laughs> you'll get the caliper out yeah. let's see here that's uh, okay there's a three by six no <laughs> no i don't do it my my three mil screws go separated into two bins i just call them long and short okay oh see i don't separate yeah. them i can just look at them and say yeah i need that length that's kind of, that's kind of what I did. It's too much clutter. <laughs> Clutters up the mind. Long and short, washers in one, you know, all the nuts in the other, like screw, actual screw type, you know, real coarse thread pitch. Those are all in one. Huh. Oh yeah. I don't I don't have time for your nonsense. <laughs> it just wouldn't it wouldn't cut it <laughs> down nonsense. down here in the basement. <laughs> Those kind of shenanigans do not <laughs> Equal product, dude. That does not meet your required efficiency. <laughs> no, I guess I just have more time to burn than you do. Uh, I that's, that's probably <laughs> very accurate. So, so tell us what you take to the field, Nick. Um, kind of like everyone else, I've been through the whole. Oh man, I, I have uh, people laugh. I know, and these guys all know. I do have a little weird kind of like a field box charging case type fetish thing i'm constantly changing you know what i'm bringing and what i'm not and i convince myself that you know what screw it you've got enough helicopters now where if you can't fix it with you know a set of allen drivers to tighten something up just bench that heli for the day and go fly another one which is true it's really not that big of a deal but then it turned into like you know, when I started getting involved with testing stuff, now it's like, okay, when I go out to the field, this has to fly no matter what, because I'm just not going to get the time again to go back out. So I have one of those, um, oh, I can't remember who makes, I think Stanley actually makes it. It's a, 
it's a two tier. It's a taller box. Like maybe I don't know, two and a half, three feet yeah, tall. I, yeah, with a. I think you convinced me to get one of those. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely love it. It's a. It's taller. It's got a kind of like a sliding front on the bottom section, and I can fit a gallon of fuel down in there. Um, and then as far as like actual hand tools, I have one of the uh, just a line yellowish, orangish yellow colored tool cases. That that is, I agree. It's a little cluttered in there because you just throw it all in one and that's all right so i throw all that stuff in there and then i keep two like little of the the clear plastic like tackle box style flat you know organizers Mm -hmm. for my field stuff and i keep really lots of random stuff in there i'll have like a set of till till drive gears you know chunk of nitro fuel line uh what you know your typical hardware couple short pieces of, uh, you know, tape, couple zip ties, kind of just, I try and get as much variety as possible in there, but I do it in a lot smaller, shorter pieces. So I, I won't throw the whole roll of tape in there cause I'm not going to need a roll. So I'll just kind of, you know, a couple pieces of Velcro, one battery strap. Uh, so I try and get as much as possible in there for that. And then on the top of that case, then it's more like kind of old fashioned standard, single pull-out toolbox. I keep my starter down in the bottom of it. I have a kind of like I made a little padded section for the starter, uh, glow plugs, glow driver. I will keep any of my, um, let's see what else. And I think that's it down there. And then on the top of the pull-out thing, that's where my larger spares will go. I usually have a set of skids, uh, extra battery for, you know, the radio or uh, extra receiver pack. Uh, tail blades. I'll make sure I have a set of tail blades. Um, I'll usually keep a set of links for all the, you know, like your main mm-hmm. grip links. Cause if I'm going to botch an auto, it'll be a set of blades, you know, or, uh, or skids and tail drive gears or whatever. So yeah, most of that stuff up there, I do keep a pitch gauge up there. And, but see, for me, the reason that I do that is because of where, like my stuff, my hobby room is down in my basement and I have those old school stairs that are like narrow and straight up. And then I have to go through one, two, three doors to get outside all in a very short amount of space. It's annoying like for me to haul stuff. So it's better for me. uh, I like it a lot better if I can make fewer trips in and out. So having all of that in one case, I mean, I grab that, my radio case that I keep my radio in and all of my programming things, like I'll have my my uh, Skookum field terminal in there, I'll have my ESC uh, programmer in there, that sort of a thing, my cords, um, USB cords or whatnot. I have my radio case and my charging case. So that's only three cases that I have to carry rather than putting everything in a lot smaller things. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's heavy and it's not the, you know, you wouldn't want to like, you know, it doesn't, it takes up more space that way, but I also have a truck, so it's not as big of a deal. And it's, it's more beneficial for me just to make it all in like one haul. Yeah. See that, that's a good point, Nick. I I can remember when I wanted to do the same exact thing is basically get everything in the car in one, in one go. Although recently, I think in probably the last six or eight months, I've gone 
towards having a more modular system where I've got a I've got a transmitter case with the you know the transmitter goes in there my receiver packs my um, battery voltage meter all of my uh, USB adapters for you know the fly barless systems the ESCs and then my little netbook um, which by the way if you're doing programming uh, depending on your your fly barless system is is very important and can be had for cheap. And then I've got the little toolbox or tool cardboard case thing. Um, and then my charger setup. And there are three smaller chunks, not including the heli and the fuel. That's just easy to carry around. And if I don't need one, I don't have to bring it. You know, if I'm if I'm only flying fuel and I'm not flying uh, electric, then I don't bring my charger because I've got I I cycle through receiver packs on my 90s so i've got like five or six of them and i never have to worry about you know charging them at the field unless it's an actual fun fly type event do you think that changed so when you moved into your new house because see now you pull right up i mean you basically pulled right up to the garage door so you're 20 feet of flat yes easy walking to put everything absolutely when i was living in the apartment and i had to go up and down stairs oh my goodness it was like okay we're gonna pack as much stuff into this one thing as possible and it's gonna be painful to i mean it was like you you've seen it before it weighed like 60 or 70 pounds oh yeah (laughs) it was rough dude i mean i had i had i had made a little custom uh, like a plate with banana uh, plug jacks on the base of it and my uh, my power supplies were stowed below and then the charger sat on the top and plugged in i mean it it was it was heavy duty and it was a pain in the butt to lug around but it was easier than going up and down the stairs four or five times yeah yep and by the way if you guys really want to piss nick off at a fun fly ask him if you can borrow like his um whatever acetone or alcohol and then he'll let you use it and then just go put it back somewhere into his box without telling him where it's at and put it in the wrong spot <laughs> no you know the worst <laughs> strew your shit out oh of yeah table. that's another one. Oh man dude that's Ooh. funny you mentioned that because tonight i was like oh man i need to be- i need to remember to bring a table <laughs> i that is my pet peeve i am very like at home, I like my space. I like my space so much, I took the whole basement because I just don't want people touching. Like, you know, it's it's open to everyone and everyone in this whole county comes over and, you know, works on their stuff here and that's great. But I go to Funfly, I make a point to mm-hmm. bring my own table and, and so I can have my stuff laid out. And when I want to bring my helicopter and lay it on my table and not knock something off. That's it's great. It's there. It's available because yeah, I Jody. brought it. It it is not. <laughs> I swear people are like they just walk up, you know, and they'll start talking to their buddy while out, while you're out flying. All of a sudden you come back and like they're sitting in your chair. They got their helicopter up on the table and they're sitting there working on it. Uh-uh. And then you walk up and you give him this look like, really? <laughs> and I'm not kidding. Every time it is the line out of their mouth. Oh, 
Oh, you want to sit here? No, I just I brought that. <laughs> no, chair no, that's my no, chair. I, but I you brought can it have actually it. for you. Yeah, I brought it all the way. I drove eight hours so that you could sit you down. Mean, here you were at the just lying to me. <laughs> 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 that's so that's no shit, dude. As I was packing, I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta put a table in my truck, in the bed of my truck. Yeah, this is probably a pretty. This is probably a pretty big eye opener for you. I mean, just. Like it, this is back to the normal, real world of like packing. For, oh, it absolutely you know, was, and that's and it was. It's been like this whole afternoon. I'm like, okay, and I, I kind of simplified it. I made some calls to find out what you guys are bringing. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> like, so so I can borrow this and this and this and this and this, right? What kind of charging <laughs> yeah, leads do you yeah, got sure. for those batteries? So I need to know if I can yeah. need to bring my own. And it's you know it is what it is. I'm so used to just having everything I need in one spot. To have to uh, you go back, I remember those days, and and um, you know I have in my house I have a spare room that was it's kind of an office, and it was at one point my hobby room, and um, you know just that packing back and forth. I'm not supposed to lift any more than ten pounds, and uh, as you can imagine, trying to divvy things up into ten pound parcels. Oh man, the impossible got it, it, it just got yeah, it got to the point where it was like, oh, this is it's it, I'm wore out getting shit ready to go fly. And then I get home and I'm like, oh, now I got to put it all. And it really I started really kind of neglecting my shit and leaving it in my in my navigator. At the time I had a navigator. Mm-hmm. And um so that's when I was like, you know what? I just need to bite the bullet and get a trailer. So so I did. I would love to have a trailer. I don't know if I would want one as big as yours because... You know, dude, if I had it to do over, I'd buy a smaller one. Yeah. I'm thinking like half the length of your of your trailer would be perfect. One of the guys at my club eight, just eight finished building... Um, uh, well, he finished building, but he's the guy who died <laughs> this last year. Bill. <laughs> um Sorry. I'm not gonna. Make he <laughs> he had just finished building an immaculate um, trailer. I think it was ten feet. Maybe it's twelve. I, mean, I think it's ten. And it's just it's it is perfect. It's perfect. The perfect size. Had I been thinking, I probably could have saved myself half the money <laughs> and just went ahead. I don't know, dude. I was thinking big. It's got to be big, right? I need more room. Need the room. And. um yeah, smaller would probably be better. Easier to pull around. You just wait till we clean it. It's gonna look. It's gonna feel like the freaking Taj Mahal. And yeah, <laughs> yeah it's it's a like, dude, roomy. You guys want a bowl it's or a anything? roomy trailer, man. Yeah, it's big. even with all the stuff that you have in there. No, not that. God, get off, get off my cloud, bitch. Dude, don't you you you've got don't you have like a freaking like lazy boy recliner up in that shit? Yeah, that's I have to have that. That's awesome. And then um I had a microwave in there. I never used it, so I took it out. And a refrigerator, which has basically turned out to be just another place to store stuff. Wait a minute. <laughs> don't, so don't, you don't actually use it to refrigerate stuff? I have, and I will if it gets real hot in the summer. But right now, um, what's in there? Uh, actually, it's full of 
servo, those plastic servo holder cases, plastic, so you know that they come in. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's like chuck full of those. Like you open it up awesome. and they come tumbling out. And they all don't, uh, they, none of them have no, anything they're in them, right? So, okay, wait a minute. let's run through this one more time you have a refrigerator full of empty plastic cases non that's not refrigerated well that'd be dumb why would you refrigerate empty plastic cases (laughs) dude come on man (laughs) i mean that would make no sense (laughs) (laughs) and here look you know we talk about organizing the little screws and stuff that was my goal and that's why i kept and you know it's good i keep that kind of those little containers because they always come in handy right you hand them out to people they need them for whatever so i started (laughs) i started like doing that like okay all the the you know the the six to eight like you did nick the short and the long ones will go in this one but see here's the deal eventually i had all of these and they they were just they were becoming unmanageable i mean they would um you know, you stack them, they'd fall, especially in the trailer. You'd, I tried to find a way to to put them where they wouldn't go anywhere. And finally, I just said, screw this. And I just dumped them all into a Tupperware thing. Oh, yeah. That's how I rolled oh, off. <laughs> I'm speechless for one. All righty. Let's move on to another subject. And I, I, see, um, I see one that, that I kind of want to cover, but I don't know if it's a very long one, but I'm going to jump down to a post that Larry made because I think it's a really good question. And it's basically juggling heli time with family time. Uh, he says he knows how he does it for the most part, but he's wondering how we handle it. And uh, how do you find time for all that you do? And he won't accept Meth's answer. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's real simple. I don't. I just don't have to. I don't, I'm fortunate in that I don't have to juggle. My time is 100% my time, and uh, makes it easy for me. <laughs> you guys, on the other hand, I don't even remember. No, I, I don't have it that bad. I mean, somehow I managed to have a single apartment and a girlfriend that's 400 miles away. That's that's man. So, that's ideal until she starts uh, tapping her <laughs> finger every time she sees you. Yeah. 400 miles away i can't see that though yeah but you go to visit her and the first thing she does she lifts her hand up in the air and points to that ring finger yeah that's all right <laughs> eventually he'll you get there eventually the e- yeah, eventually yeah. but right now i'm just i'm just soaking it's okay, it all dude. in she's cool yeah she took a picture of our that's flying because they're field. not married yet nick yeah, yeah. oh dude yeah you're telling me. <laughs> oh i know <laughs> I'm on round number two, dude. <laughs> so this is actually, okay, so I don't, and, um, you know, and, and uh, my circumstance is such that I have a ton of free time. So I get to just kind of, you know, delve into the hobby 100% and um, and it's a fortunate position uh, in some aspects, absolutely. There's some drawbacks to it, but... How do you guys do it? I know, especially Nick and Justin, my God, you know, with the kids and the wives and the full-time jobs and the, so what do you do? You just like, tell your wife, screw you, I'm going flying. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Usually it doesn't work out all that well when you do that, just as heads up. But uh, (laughs) 
No, I, I mean, for me personally, um, I'm really fortunate in that I've got a super understanding wife. I mean, my wife, I mean, she's not into the hobby. She doesn't do heli stuff, but she is interested enough because I'm interested in it. And so that helps a lot. She, you know, usually the way we do it is I get out maybe one day a week and it's usually a weekend Friday or Saturday or Sunday uh, to actually fly. And then when I'm home, you know, doing stuff around the house on the weekend, if I need to work on heli stuff, uh, if nothing's going on, then I'll take some time to do it. If not, then it's usually uh, a nighttime thing after her and the and the baby go to bed. And I think that's, you know, that's pretty much how I deal with it for. And it's not just, you know, for for Heli's the hobby and for the podcast and all of the other stuff that goes on, uh, the testing and reviews and all of that. It's it's sort of the same situation. The job takes so much time, my real professional job, that uh, there's not a lot left over. And so. Sometimes you got to compromise and just say, all right, we're not going to be doing helis today. But um, for the most part, it, it, it works out okay. Let me ask you this. Now, you're, you're just recently had your first kid. Yep. Have you noticed kind of a cut down uh, in your heli time? Has that, has that been very noticeable or is it, how is that affecting your, your heli time? You know, I thought at first... You know, you well, okay. For those of you out there who have had kids, you get these friends and family around you that's like, Oh, dude, it's the end of your life. You know, <laughs> you're never gonna be able to do anything fun again and they're gonna suck your bank account dry and all this kind of crap, and it's like it just wasn't that bad. It hasn't been so far. He's he's a little over four months, so We've still got a while to go, obviously, another 18 or 20 years. But no, I don't see really a, a big change in how much time I have to spend on helis. The difference is that now that I've got a kid, I find that it, it can be a personal conflict to spend time with him versus doing the hobby. And right. so I'll make a decision to, you know what, I could go out and fly right now or I could go and work on this in the garage, but I'm going to go and spend time with, with him. Sure. So, yeah, o overall, it's not a big deal. And, and it's because most of the stuff that I do gets done at night. And since my wife's a nurse, she's got to go to bed early because she gets up early. So once she and the kid are in bed, I'm able to do what I need to do. And, and I was just going to say, now these guys will go into detail about this, especially Nick and, and Justin. But all that they do, it, generally their heli day starts at like midnight <laughs> and ends at like three in the morning. And, lo and, and lots of texting during the day when we're dealing yeah. with, you know, team stuff or podcast stuff. So how do you juggle it, Nick? I feel like I'm really going to incriminate myself if I tell the truth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to say something I'm now, serious. man. Uh, yeah, it is probably, and it's just gotten, it's gotten insane. I mean, the last year, it's, I am really struggling 
Um, but I, I can't quit. It's like, I just can't stop because I love it so much. It's really tough. Um, luckily I have a job where, um, I can, I I won't say that I have a lot of free time at work, but luckily I'm efficient at what I do so that I can make time. You know what I mean? I do have to, you know, make up for it. So, you know, I can get, I have access to my computer right near me um, in my toolbox at work. So I am I can pretty much constantly text, you know, keep up on text, Skype. I can't, it's, it's very short responses. You know, I can't get into something big because I can't devote three or four minutes at a time. It's just walking by, quick type something, go by. So that that does help with, you know, all the like the podcast stuff throughout the day, I can I can usually squeeze in a couple phone calls as long as it isn't too ridiculous. I do get a fair amount of dirty looks from my <laughs> boss. And I just, it's, you know, I get my stuff done. So <laughs> we kind of have that understanding. <laughs> uh, it's non-heli stuff. Yeah, I really make, I try, try, try to make a point that when I get home from work, I'm usually home at 4.30, around in there. I, I do everything that I can to not do anything heli from there until 9, 9.30 when my son goes to bed. And my wife's an early bed person too, like Justin's. So she's usually in bed right about that same time. There, I mean, I do have exceptions. Like now that my son, he's four, um, so he's starting to really have have fun. So he'll, you know... I'll come down into the basement to grab something when I get home and I'll hear him, you know, come running down the stairs and he'll just hop up on a chair and sit there at the workbench and want to, want to sit and play with stuff. So, I mean, it's a, it works out great. I can sit there and work on something and, you know, he's doing his own thing and he's having fun, but we're sitting there chatting back and forth and it is actually kind of, you know, it's, it's spending time together and, and we enjoy doing that. Yeah, see, that's pretty cool, dude. Uh, yeah, and that that has been really nice. You know, now the the <laughs> the counterpart to that is that uh, that doesn't particularly work very well for my wife. Oh, you mean she's not going to come down there and start playing with stuff? <laughs> no, and she doesn't. Uh, you know, there are the uh, the independent. You know. Uh, like your wife, Justin, she can go hang out by herself for hours on end with no problem. That's not my wife. She likes to go, go places, do things. So that that does get get really tough. I mean, get really tough. And yeah, my helicopter day starts at between nine thirty and ten, ends every night about two. And you know. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out a way to phrase this to not make it sound martyrish, but I, I don't think that generally speaking, people understand the amount of time that goes into doing now, look, you've got the hobby and now imagine dedicating how much time you put into your heli hobby and then doubling that with the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And trying to combine and trying to stuff that in the same time frame. 
I don't think I just don't think people quite understand and and maybe maybe they do I, I don't know the requirement the the dedication and the time and I'm not saying that to you know oh woe is us because obviously this is something we choose to do and we love to do it oh, and it's yeah. just something yeah. we understand it's just what it takes to do what we do and <laughs> you know I I, I've kind of grown accustomed to Nick's schedule and Justin's schedule. And I will occasionally shoot Nick a phone call once or twice during the day. I try not to bother him between four, like he said, four and nine ish, if I can help it. Cause I know that's when he's hanging out with his family. Uh, but after nine thirty, ten 10 o'clock, it's free game, baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is free game. And I do keep, you know, Saturday's kind of like my teetering day where my wife will work on the um on Saturday quite a bit. So I try and split the day. Um luckily I have my mom close who loves, you know, and my son just loves to see his grandma. So um I, he'll, you know, he might go visit there like what, 3 4 hours, you know, and he does he's still at that takes a two hour nap in the middle of the day. So I don't that I don't feel bad about going and flying when he's mm-hmm, taking right. a nap. You know? Mm-hmm. So I'll uh we'll get up and we'll hang out and we'll play in the morning. We'll do some chores at home and then maybe noonish, you know, I'll swing or uh you know, eleven or something like that. We'll run out there and then he gets, you know, an hour or so to play with his Grammy and and then he goes down for a nap and I pick him up right when he gets up. So that gets me, you know, a couple Two, three hours, three, about three hours flying on Saturday. And then same thing on Sunday. I'll, I'll run out just when he's taking a nap, which makes it, that's been the hardest thing for me is to go out and fly for a day is like, I I won. Unheard of, of, actually. you're That's key. Yeah, it, that's it is a good unheard. point that you bring up, dude. Yeah, I'm getting in one or two flights like quickly after work, if I just freaking floor it straight out of work, straight out to the flying field, and I'm flying as fast as I can change, I can get two flights in before I really need to take off and get home. And it's it's tough because I bring it, you know, not only do I love to fly, but I bring it upon myself. You know, I get involved and, and make that. That's my big personal flaw is, is over committing <laughs> myself. You know, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Sure, not a problem. Yeah. You need that tested? Let's make it happen. And then all of a sudden, it's, oh, wow. And it is a constant roller coaster. And I would, you know, I give my wife so much credit because she puts oh, up yeah, with Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, the constant roller coaster of it for me. I'll, I'll, I will get to the point where it starts building up and starts building up and starts building up and then... I'll come home and almost spend just two days from the second that I get home until two or three in the morning trying to get caught up. And you can tell because she gets pissed. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, well, and on the other side of it, too, you know, ever so often there's so much stuff going on that sometimes you just need to put a day aside to say, you know what, I'm not even going to think about this for a day. I just need to take a breath and go and do something else i don't think that's in nick's um yeah, it is program. no i know how to I do mean, that it's super difficult 
Yeah, it is. It's like telling an alcoholic you can't have a drink today. I mean, it's just that hard because I always have that feeling of like, there's stuff I I don't you know why why would I want to do that? I got to get this done. Yeah, I mean, I don't well, yeah, and it's like but you it's shouldn't my own be fault. getting. <laughs> an, I, I find myself getting anxious over the hobby. It's like whoa, yeah. I've got way too much crap that I need to get done. and i don't have enough time to do it in how is this going to work and and i mean similar to to what you had described there nick is in addition to my wife being usually early to go to bed she likes to sleep in on the weekends so that's the other way i take advantage of the of the time that i've got available is i don't mind i mean to me i i think and i know you agree nick sleep is somewhat overrated I mean, if I can get four or five hours of sleep, that's more than enough. And so I don't mind getting up early on a Saturday or Sunday if it means I can get a couple of hours out at the field. And yeah, if she if my wife says you don't have to be back like, no, no, that's fine. Go, go fly. Just, you know, be home by like three. Dude, I'll be out there when the sun comes up because it's like. And when it's when it's not able when I'm not able to do that, like I'll take any opportunity I get. I don't care what the weather is. And that's why I really have been loving the gasser a lot more, because even if I can only get a couple of flights in at 10 minutes of flight, that's a lot more stick time. I don't have to worry about charging the packs and, you know, you just just bang them out as quickly as possible. Man, you guys make me feel bad. it's a yeah but you have to remember and this is what you know my wife um is not shy (laughs) after five years she is not shy about reminding me when i'm looking at her like i know dear i'm sorry but i i have to get this done i just i have to absolutely have to this is one of those times where i'm sorry but i just have to give it done she'll just look me straight in the eye and be like yeah, and whose fault is <laughs> And I got nothing. I mean, you can't you can't say anything to that. And I'm like, no, you're you're absolutely right. And then, you know, then you pretty much ride off that next weekend like, well, I know I ain't flying next weekend because, you know, we're going shopping. God, <laughs> I think back to last summer where I was at get to the field at seven thirty in the morning, stay till six o'clock at night. For like six days oh, in a row. Is, dude, that is I'm I'm not kidding. That is a That's therapeutic, man. I can't remember the last See, time yeah, I've here's, done that. Here's what here's what makes me feel bad about that. Is that being the case, and I understand how limited your guys' time is. I just feel like I ha- I don't I have not taken advantage of it because I should be so much better. Right, because I've got all this time. You know, could you imagine how much better Nick or Justin or even Jesse, if you guys could go to the field and be there for ten hours every day for like seven days in a row? Yeah, but you know, okay, so there, uh, that that's a tough one because I I think it can almost be counter. You know, counterintuitive because you'll what will happen is you'll kind of end up, you'll just be so used to it that you don't, you don't go out there and, and yeah, make the most really, of it. Well, I can, you know, strive me, to, to put. Let me run, let me give you a rundown yeah. of what would happen. Now, typically, um, in the first of the summer, I'm there and I'm flying, 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 flying. But generally, what I'll start doing is 
I'll get there. And I stopped working at my on my helicopters at home. I would just go to the field, fire up the generator, turn on some music, do whatever I had to do, get a couple flights in, sit down on the lazy boy, take a nap, <laughs> get a couple more flights in. And it's just kind of a really slow paced. And that's kind of how I have to do things anyway, because I can't move at a pace as a, you know, a typical um, person can. I mean, I, I just can't hold up that pace. So that's kind of how it works for me. And it, you know, makes me, makes me feel a little guilty. It does. I'm not going to lie. That that's you just described a freaking well. Decade. Take advantage of it, man. Take a little nap. Absolutely, no. That that would be if you could get me to sit down and take a nap. Now that would be the whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, I'd be all spun out out there, you know, <laughs> cranking Red Bull and, and coffee on a hundred and five degree day. You know, why don't you just sit? No, 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 I'm good. I'm gonna get a couple more in real quick. I'll be all right. In. I'll be all right. <laughs> Well, and you know, you make a good point, Nick, which is when you don't have a lot of time to fly, the stakes are higher. And so you tend to want to or try to make more of that small amount of time that you've got. Now, that's a double edged sword, right? Because when you're in the zone, you're really in the zone and you can get an incredible amount done in a short period of time when you're off and you're having one of those bad days. It's a really bad day because it's like, damn it, man, this is the only day this week that like last week. Yeah, I talked about it last episode that happened to me. I, you know, all I wanted to do was go and freaking fly. And instead, I was I spent most of my time screwing around with the governor tuning on the gasser. Now, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. And I probably should have thought of that. But it, it just it I felt at the end of it, it wasn't the most effective use of my time. And my yeah. next opportunity is this weekend. So, and we'll be at Spokane, and you will. Well, it's, be. Yeah, it's almost like you kind of have to get. I don't know. I find like well, back at, like last summer when I was flying a ton. It's like I could do fifteen flights in a day, and you know make pro- like make progress. But now that I haven't been flying, you know, ten, fifteen flights in a day, it's almost like after about ten flights, it's kind of like you kind of get out of it. You're not in the zone anymore. That's a good point, Jesse. Yeah. yeah. So it's there's can there is conditioning. Yeah, exactly. You gotta. Oh. I don't know. I I've just I for me. I have all the comforts that I need. If I need air conditioning, I've got it. You know, I've got a TV if I want to watch a movie. Uh, it, it's just relaxing for me to hang out at the field, and um, I got Skype if I want to talk to anybody. You know, I just. Uh, <laughs> those long days at the field, man, I, I live for them. You know, they're just a lot of fun. Oh, yep. I see. Now you just make me like, yeah. Now <laughs> you just make me want, you know, want, want this fun fly season. Oh, so dude, much yeah. more. And, and, oh, yeah. and look, and that's the thing too. I would, it would be so much more enjoyable if we had more people flying. Cause I mean, those the guys that come like, well, Ed's a perfect example. I mean, he's retired. And last summer, if I was at the field, he was at the field, which made it a lot better because there's always somebody there right. and you're, you know, helping him and whatnot. It was a lot of fun. So it's a huge juggling act. That is for sure. For some of you guys. <laughs> but it's one Speaking that we that. have fun with, or I do at least. Yeah. 
Speak. I'm getting there. Speaking of what, dude? <laughs> Speaking of that. I got You know, guys, one of the best things about being in our position is the ability to give back to our listeners. And lucky for us, Gen's Ace Batteries shares the same ideas. Just for you, they're offering a 10% discount code on all their batteries. That's right, guys. So head over to www.hobbyparts.com, enter in the code RCHN10 at checkout to get that 10% discount on your next order. Hi, this is Dieter, also known as RCD Butts, and this is your 60-second tech tip. This week, we're going to talk about stability versus agility. If you're just starting out with helicopters, you will probably want a setup that is nice and stable, with slower responses to inputs and less overall cyclic throw. A slightly less responsive heli will be more forgiving for those of us who tend to overcorrect before we get the feel for the fine inputs needed to control a helicopter. If you're flying with a flybar, adding some flybar weights is a great way to add stability and tame the heli. And if you're running flybarless, you probably have some settings that you can change in the program to set it up for a beginner. Another way to make the heli less reactive is to add some expo and more expo will make it less reactive around the center stick. Heavier blades, lower head speed, Less overall available pitch and less cyclic throw will all add to make it a bit more docile as well. Some flybarless controllers may even have presettings and self-leveling options for beginners, like the Icon does. When you find that your skills are exceeding these settings and you want more response, you can get it by removing extra paddle weights, maxing out the cyclic travel without causing any binding, lowering expo, and cranking up the head speed a little bit. If you have an electric, higher C-rated batteries will give you a boost in performance, and if you fly nitro, you can get a little bit more by moving to the 30% fuel. This has been your RC Heli Nation 60-second tech tip. Right. So, so I want to touch, we're kind of running a little long, but I do want to touch on one other question and I, we, I don't really want to spend a lot of time on this, but I think it's a, a fairly good question. Um, and it is by a uh, stick up artist. <laughs> nice, nice name, dude. Uh, he kind of, if, and just as, just kind of briefly, we'll go over this. He wants to hear about what makes certain brands of helicopters better than others? Like why is a Gowan so much more expensive than like a KDS or why do people hate on the blades uh, when it's not even sold yet? These kind of things. Now, now this could be a long conversation, but let's kind of stick to, uh, I mean, the, the obvious reasons why is a Goblin more expensive than a KDS? I mean, some of these are, you know, we all, we pretty much understand that, but let's kind of go over that. And, you know, it comes down to the, the materials they use and the research that they put into it and just the overall quality. I mean, it doesn't, it's pretty much pretty simple, really, isn't it? Well, I, I also think part of it's the image, too, Dan. I mean, why is a Goblin more expensive than Brand X? Because it can be. Because it's got, the demand is there. It's popular. Everyone wants one. They've got yeah. half-naked chicks out there all over the helicopters. You know, it's it's just it's standard business marketing. And, and I think people automatically associate price with quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's like no, the charge and more must be a better product. Yeah. Although they do. I mean, I can say this now. I can stick up for them, you know, because I have one now. 
there is a definite difference in machining. Oh, yeah. Quality. I wasn't saying there. And tolerances yeah. and material quality. I mean, you do get that. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, there's no question. You don't have these, you know, weird things where it's like, wow, I put this together and tighten it up and it's still flopping all over the place, you know, and there just, there isn't any of that. And the only, not only do you notice it when you're putting it together, but you notice it a couple hundred flights later when everything's still And that's, that is the crux of it. I think when you're, when you're dealing with quality components and well-designed components, they're simply going to last longer. And yeah. You know, I had a Kasama, and I've talked about this before, and this thing was a work of art. This thing was an immaculate conception of a helicopter. It was just absolutely beautiful. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to look at a Kasama up close. It It is just a, an amazingly engineered helicopter. Very overdone, but absolutely beautiful. Very expensive. I would imagine... If I could get parts for it, I probably would still be flying, but I couldn't get parts for it, so I had to get rid of it. But, you know, I think that was so expensive. It's hard to tell. I guess the guys in the UK are flying the Kasamas. I don't know. Does that mean its longevity is there? I really don't know because, like I said, I just couldn't get parts for it, so I couldn't tell. You know, I never got to fly it a whole lot. But that that helicopter kind of stepped over the line, I think, in uh, that kind of that boutique sense where we've kind of gone past the point of of functionality into let's just create this helicopter that is ridiculously expensive with all these little cool gadgety adjustable craziness you know yeah and i think i don't know there's not there there was a lot of hype with the kasama there's a obviously the hype for the goblin is huge and um that like like Justin said, that does play into it. And I don't know if you guys remember when the Kasama first came out, it was way hyped. It was way hyped. I mean, it was it was it was everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I bought I bought it. Hook, line, and sinker, dude. I had like one of the first kits mm-hmm. in the states. But you know, I you got to be careful if you're just looking to throw money at a helicopter. It's pretty easily easy to do without necessarily getting a good helicopter. So you got to be a little bit careful with that. But I think uh, for the most part, I'm thinking that for the most part these days, most every helicopter out there is acceptable in its performance. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. It's Some of them are just going to take a little bit more. You know, you, you go into it like if generally speaking, if you, you know, buy on the higher end, you're going to, in theory, have you know, less problems, less, you know, stuff you're going to have to change right away. Like there's just kind of things that, you know, when you buy, you know, lower end kits that it's like, okay, well, the kit might only be, you know, 400 bucks, but I need to buy this upgrade and that upgrade. Yeah. And eventually you're up to where you maybe could have bought it. Yeah. And then it'll be, then it'll be good and it'll be solid. But that doesn't mean that that still doesn't, you know, make it a good option. Because that you know that's okay if if that puts you maybe you buy a hundred bucks worth of upgrades, but then once it's got those couple problems fixed, it's really good and reliable, and the parts are cheap. Maybe it's not the the fanciest looking, 
But that still doesn't mean it can't be good. In yeah, and and it, you, know, you know, in addition to that, when you look at the price of one kit versus another, you know, part of it we talked about was marketing, demand, that sort of a thing. Uh, to a lesser extent, the design, although most of them are pretty close to the same nowadays, except for a couple of exceptions. But what I think it really comes down to, or at least a major factor, is quality of the materials used. And and like Nick said, just because you have a lower quality material doesn't mean that it doesn't work. Um, I mean, there are kits out there yeah, like yeah. Align um, used to have issues with uh, with soft fasteners and the fasteners would bend or break. Now, would it last 500 flights before it happened like another heli? No, maybe it broke after 100 flights. But for those 100 flights, it still flew great. Um, and so it's it you know it comes down to the strategy that a given company uses for production, and if they elect to use lower quality or cheaper components, cheaper materials, it doesn't mean that they're not going to get the job done. It just means that you will probably have to change it out more quickly than another kit. Yeah, yeah, carbon fiber is a big one too. I mean, there's, yeah, there's carbon fiber one. and you can, you know, I, I'm doing air quotes as I call it carbon fiber right now. Yeah. <laughs> like a lines, a lines carbon fiber, which is fiberglass with like, with what, a layer layers? on either side that is carbon, a layer on either yeah. side of carbon so that they can call it carbon fiber. But then you take like, uh, you know, you get something like a, what, a synergy or, I mean, do you take that carbon fiber? You oh can yeah, tell a dude. Difference. Yeah. I mean, it's huge difference when you put them up next to each other and you start bending mm-hmm. and tweaking, and then you know, and then you then that starts explaining why. Okay, why you know why does my Synergy M five C just for example, because I've I've owned these two models. Why does that model just feel like it flies that much better than? A T-Rex 600 Nitro. It's all of those little subtleties that they they really they add do make up. a difference. Now, yeah. is anyone else going to know that other than the pilot? No. Because, you know, like, you know, you could give a, any turd of a helicopter to an incredible pilot and he's going to make it look good as long as it holds together. But those sorts of things really, you see the advantage of those after hundreds of flights. You know, when you put hundreds of flights on it, it's like, wow, the bearings, holy crap, the bearings are still good. Well, I want, man, how come the bearings are good? Well, that's because they used a real, a real quality ABEC 3 bearing in it right from the factory. And then, well, wait a minute, but the bearings are five bucks for a main shaft bearing for, for this helicopter, but I can buy, you know, two for five bucks for my lines. Well, a line is counting on you crashing them before right. they wear out. Yeah. And then when you do crash, they get destroyed every oh, yeah. single bearing quality. Yeah, that's a that's a good so, one, dude. Bearing quality varies. And there's a huge cost difference. I mean, huge cost difference. 3 4 times the cost for the bearing if in a quality mm-hmm. one. Yep. Um so, you know, all of, that's what makes a more expensive helicopter. Now, Hey, you can put the most expensive material in there and you can put the most expensive bearings. But in the end, 
you can't make up for a poor design. You know, so don't don't get too caught up in just because it's expensive going to mean that it's better. You can expect it to have better material, but that doesn't necessarily mean it can be a better yep. design. T-Rex 700 Nitro that's been around forever, almost every top pilot had one at the time. Yep. So don't tell me that it's a bad design because it's a lesser quality helicopter. You know, there there's an example of... M- Marginal quality components with a solid design. Yeah. That that worked out great versus like, you know, like Dan, you're saying your Kasama, which is just incredible. But I mean, it, you know, sl- one day it flew like nothing that could touch it. And then the next day, next day, it's like, yeah. And that's, on, that was a huge know? problem with that helicopter because there were too many things, too many things. Dude, there was a, a, damper system for the bearing block that had to be adjusted by tension. I mean, yeah, just craziness. And I want to touch on this blade thing real quick. I think in my mind, the reason people are, you know, bad mouthing a blade 550 X is because, you know, we just typically think of blade as lesser quality, you know, weak electronics, into a machine that's now becoming dangerous in size. And I just think without it, people just aren't giving it its fair shake yet. Yeah, that's a dumb, I think that's a poor yeah. assumption on yeah. everyone's part that just because, you know, just because the head grips flew off of your version one MCPX, <laughs> don't expect your head grips. To oh, no, I, I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I think so I, a lot more I mean, people than, than people might realize have a, a, a a healthy respect for e-flight for for the blade series of helis i mean it's unmistakable what they've done for the hobby and so people can can talk crap and everything i mean i think i was one of the ones that was talking crap about the 550 um but it wasn't because i was afraid that blade grips were going to fly off it was because i kind of was hoping that they were going to go a little bit more aggressive with the styling but I understand why they kept it looking similar to the smaller guys because it's all the same family of helis. You don't want to do something so drastic that it looks completely different. Absolutely. All righty, guys. Well, uh, that kind of wraps up this episode. Uh, you know, we took a lot of these, well, we took all these topics from our forum and uh, we've created a thread there. Uh, what would you like to hear on the show? I encourage all of you to go to that thread and post your whatever in there and uh we certainly aren't going to do it every week but occasionally we'll go through and just kind of read through some of those and and talk about them based on what you guys want to want us to talk about and uh you know if you if there's somebody that you would like to hear on the show or um you know we'll we'll do what we can to get them on uh it's just a direct way to kind of interject your thoughts into the show uh, and what you'd like to hear. So take advantage of that. That'd be great. Facebook coming along nicely. I uh, believe we hit 1,600 in, or 1,700 tonight, didn't we? Or we're damn close to it anyway. We're really close. Yeah. 1,690 yeah. something or other. So that's coming along nicely. I think uh, some of you heeded the call and uh, answered the call more so correctly in uh, our request to get that shared because, you know, we can't be having Heli Pros ahead of us. We just can't do it. 
So <laughs> share it. Let your friends know about it. And uh, we'll see if we can't get those likes up a little bit. And uh, again, uh, I mentioned the forums, but I encourage you to go check out our forums. There's lots of different topics in there, and it's coming along nicely. Lots of conversation. And, of course, the chat room as well. Generally, somebody in there uh, to chat with uh, about helicopters. Maybe you can get some questions answered. Nick, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Um, I would probably, yeah, probably email, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> After this episode, um, when I get to time, I'll email you back at nick at rchelynation.com. No, I will. I'm just messing. And Justin, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? You could get me at justin at rchelynation.com or in our chat box or forums. And Jesse, if I wanted to get in touch with you, how would I do that? Oh, the best way would be to shoot me an email at jesse at rchelynation. And hopefully by the time you guys hear this, you can catch me on a real flight. My name is Dan. You can reach me at dan at rchelynation.com or Dan K. Reed on the forums. Also, too, want to mention uh, next week, you know, we talk about the newsletter. Uh, we finished a giveaway that was a newsletter-specific giveaway. Um. And this week, I'm going to go through and pick the winner. Uh, we had people submit some pictures of some winter flying. We had several submissions. I'm going to go through those this week. Next week, we are going to announce the winner of that SoCo Heli tool. I uh, just want to big thanks to those guys for sending that. And, of course, if you want to learn more about that, Nick did a review on it, and it's on our webpage. You can go check that out as well. So look forward to that next week, guys. Uh, we are going to be enjoying this weekend flying in Spokane. Uh, if you're in the region, of course, uh, by the time you hear this, it'll already have happened. So don't go out there, I guess. would be. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we had a good time flying this weekend. <laughs> How's that sound? <laughs> Just, do it. Just say, yeah, we had a great time last weekend. <laughs> yeah, might as well, right? Alrighty, guys, we sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed making it. Have a good week. We will see you next Monday. This has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC. If you have a question, comment, or suggestion, send us an email using the Contact Us link on the homepage. If you'd like to make a donation, there's a Donate Now button on our homepage as well. <laughs> <laughs>